Hey everybody, welcome to episode 117 of For the Love of Guns. This is the podcast about the people, the products, and the priorities of the firearms culture. Today, it is my pleasure to welcome on my good friend, Lupo from Lupo Outdoors. And we're going to talk about creating a YouTube channel. This is kind of a playoff of last week when we were talking about finding your two-way voice. Well, now you need a platform to show that two-way voice. And we're continuing the Schools in Session month of September. But before we talk to Lupo, it's time to pay the bills. And this episode is brought to you by Falco Holsters. Look, Falco Holsters is my go-to for holsters. I absolutely love this thing. I was just out at the range filming with this holster. This has been my EDC for months now. Absolutely love it. Go check out Falco Holsters. Use the checkout code BANSHEE to save yourself 10%. Because at Falco Holsters, you can have a holster for any gun, every budget, without sacrificing quality. And this episode is also brought to you by Ammo Squared. Look, a gun without ammo, that's a pretty useless tool. But ammo is kind of weird to buy because, well, you have to go to the store and sometimes you need to ship it somewhere else other than your house. Well, just go buy your ammo at Ammo Squared. They will store it in their secured facility that's also insured and you can have it delivered wherever you want. Go check out Ammo Squared. I have a link down below. Now with the bills paid, it is time to bring in my good friend, Dr. Robert Lupo. And yes, he is actually a doctor. Lupo. Tell me about your love of guns. Hey, Jason. Good to see you. Uh, my too, love man. of guns. Uh, it, it goes way back. Um, my father was a big, big supporter of the Second Amendment. And oh, as a matter of fact, you have his bumper right sticker. I sent, I sent uh, Jason one of um, the few remaining original bumper stickers from the, the phrase that my father originated back in the early 70s. So if you've ever heard the phrase, I'll give up my gun when they pry my cold dead fingers from around it, it was my father who came your, up with that. That was my dad who yeah. came up with it. Not Charleston Heston, as a lot of people say, but uh, no, that was my dad who came up with that. And he sold those bumpers, uh, stickers through Shotgun Magazine and made over $300,000 at a buck a piece. Well, back um, back in the seventies, that was some serious bucks too. Yeah, maybe fifty cents. It was like a fifty cents or a buck a piece, something like that. Geez, that was a lot of that's a lot of bumper stickers, man. That it was. was. Well, I mean, um, people don't understand that um, the the they've been screaming about gun control and banning guns since. People well, lost the Civil forever. War. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, it's, I always tell people very specifically, I, I, I love firearms. I'm a competition, you know, a shotgun shooter. I'm getting into long range precision shooting, uh, NL-22 shooting. Um, it's just the competition aspect and the science behind the bullet drop and the science behind the wind movements and all that, it, just absolutely thrills me. So it it's to me, uh, it's a sport that I really thrive on. Um, well, and that, I, and that's important to understand though, because a lot of anti-gun people are are they talk about well, the, the Second Amendment is about hunting. It's like there's no. nowhere in there about hunting at all. Yep. It <clears throat> and and for people who want to get rid of it, 
the the moment you allow someone to take away one of your rights you've literally oh. opened the door to allow them to take away more rights and you can't close that door again you can't no. you know uh, we learned this the hard way with the patriot act yes yes you know what's so what's so funny is that they use such anger and outcry to get that thing through everybody's like well this is good for the country and you know rah 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 and then man that is one of the most evil things out there um it's it's bad and people don't understand they just don't get the the factors here um to, <laughs> uh so as you've heard jason and i are really good friends we talk basically every single morning that it, it's like when you have coffee with somebody jason's my good morning let's let's sit down and chat and you know and, and, and talk and, and, and have something to drink, you know, or something, we'll have breakfast. Um, ironically, Jason's one of my best friends in the whole world, and we've never met face to face. And we live over 2,000 miles away from each other. Yep, yep, yep. But we yeah. uh, we talk every day about weekends. Um, and that's completely out of respect for his wife. Always. Sometimes. Sometimes. Always. sometimes and, always and briefly, just... briefly. But yeah. I try to respect your time with your wife. So I, I don't call you and you know on the weekends unless it's, you know, like trying like, to explain you, to you, you that, I, oh, I have a problem. <laughs> if I ever you called did, Jason did, and I say. You did that a couple of times. Yeah. You did a couple of times when, we were, when I was on vacation. So we'll, like, we'll simulate this. A, hey, Jason. I need to find another place. <laughs> I have a problem. Yes, you do. What's your normal response when I say I have a problem? What What did you buy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I got a problem. What did you buy? I got this new RPR, and or I got this blah blah blah, and and so he's a firearm, and 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 it's like he goes, you have a problem. I'm like, I know. <laughs> he's, and he's got that whole whole voice of shame too when when, when i say that so man i i look like it, a whipped puppy with my tail between my legs <laughs> why'd you buy that because it was a deal i couldn't pass up the hard the hard thing is is that i kind of i kind of feed that on you know i, I kind of take i kind of take certain aspects of your life and i kind of fed on that and then um which kind of fed the whole gun thing. I mean, it's not that you weren't into guns before, but damn, I've never seen someone like jump on the stuff so fast. Well, like you know, like you did. I enjoy firearms, and like I said, I've been a competition shotgun shooter for like a long time, and I loved it. Um, and then um, I got introduced to long range shooting. And before, uh, you know, the longest I'd ever shot was, uh, you know, a uh, hundred yards. And, you know, I, I didn't really have a need to shoot any further than that. And then I started, I got bit. I mean, not, I didn't get bit. I got ravaged by the long range shooting bug. <laughs> and that was it. That was, that's all it wrote. And like, you know, I'm I'm getting out of the shotgun shooting, and I've just invested all my time and research into long range, um, and it's just fascinating. So my, um, I went out 
and uh, flew out to Oregon to purchase a 6.5 PRC custom. And learn, and learn how to shoot it. Yeah, and the guy I, I got it from uh, teaches long-range shooting. So we spent two days uh, working with the gun uh, and, you know, sighting, making sure they have a sighted in, you know, tightening up my groups, uh, doing better uh, trigger control, um, how to read the wind and how to read the mirage. And so day one, I went out to 350 yards, already tripled my longest range. Um, I never missed the target once on either days, just spot on. And um, I was tightening up my groups. And then um, on day two, we started at 350. And I wanted to make sure my groups were really, really tight. And then we did um, our, our doping uh, because we were only shooting reloads. He has a specific reload that works perfect with this gun, which he's passed on to me. So that's all I'm ever going to shoot through that gun. And um, after about uh, about an hour of shooting um, at 350 and making sure my groups were tight and I was, you know, you know controlled, um, we went out to 1,218 yards. Yeah, that's a long Nailed time. it dead center. My first shot, second shot, right next to it. Yeah, I only did two shots out there uh, because uh, 6.5 PRC is expensive. In two oh. days, I shot 40 rounds. Now, the great, the greatest thing about that is I know a bunch of people are like, okay, what's going on here? This podcast is about, you know, creating a YouTube <laughs> channel and stuff. So we're getting, there. Created, we're getting there because this leads into, um, into Lupo Outdoors. Yep. Um, you know, when, when Rob, you, you have another channel, you've been on the podcast before as the Orlando yep. wizard, um, a couple of months later, Lupo outdoors became a thing. Um, now, you know, last, last week we talked to Mike Kreitzer talking about, you know, getting your two a voice, but you know, not everybody's two a voice is out there with a megaphone and doing chants and stuff like that. Sometimes it's just creating, you know, you know, content like you know talking head stuff and sometimes it's just showing off that hey you can do this we can you can learn this so this comes into creating this channel of lupo outdoors which gives exactly. you the whole outlet of here's the outdoors i mean yes it's 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 mostly shooting but also you can do camping because let's face it if you're out in the you know if you're out in the out you know in the out like out there in the woods, you're probably going to have a gun with you, especially here in Montana. Um, like for you, you guys have these things, these dinosaurs called gators that are uh, these, yeah. these wonderful things. But so talk to me a little bit about this. And I know the story because well, I was there. You were there. <laughs> when, when it was created. So, um, um, but, but talk a little bit about creating a YouTube channel. So that way you can start showing off this type of content for people to say, Hey, look, this is normal stuff to do in the firearms industry. Exactly. Well, as you stated, I, I had another um, uh, channel called the Orlando Wizard. And um, I'll tell you why I created that channel and then why I created this channel and what the process was for doing both. Um, uh, I love helping people, absolutely love helping people. And I have a very definitive love of theme parks 
and fun things to do in Orlando. If you come to Orlando and you're bored in Orlando, there is something wrong with you. There is always something to do here, regardless of what you're interested in. This is a spectacular location for everything, you know. And so um, I would always have friends coming in from out of town. They were like, oh, how should I do Disney? How should I do Universal? How should I do SeaWorld? And um, which beach should I go to? Should I go to Candy Space Center? Blah, blah, blah. Where's the best places to eat? And I would literally build out these multi-page itineraries and, and locations and addresses and, and times to go and, and tips and tricks on, on how to best experience it. And I would give this to people as they're like, hey, we're, you know, we're coming to Orlando, we want to do X, Y, D. And boom, here's your itinerary. Here's how you should do it. Uh, here's how you should rest and everything. Someone goes, why don't you create a YouTube channel? Because this information is not out there. And I'm like, that's a really great idea. So I created the Orlando Wizard and um, I would do theme parks and food reviews and fun things to do in Orlando and, you know, museums to visit and Wonderworks and all this other stuff. And um, it, I got monetized in about a year. Um, I had one video that went viral and overnight I was monetized. That was, it was great. Um, now we'll talk about but, for everybody in the audience. We're going to talk about monetization later, so yeah. that's that's kind of an important thing. But go ahead. Oh yeah, um, if you think you're going to start up a YouTube channel and get rich, <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, God, I happen. I wish, I wish, I wish. So like, out of a million people, you might have one person um, that just takes off like skyrockets and and becomes independently wealthy in no time whatsoever. Maybe one in a million, maybe one in two million, actually. It's exceedingly rare. And we'll talk monetization later. But um, all the fun things I like to do, my camping, my uh, fishing, my, um, my shooting and archery and all that stuff wasn't appropriate for that channel. And then um, you had just started at our work. Uh, people don't know that you and I actually work together. Um, in our day jobs um and we started talking oh we're both youtubers blah 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 and i you know we talked about my channel we talked about your channel and i'm like you know all the things i really enjoy all you know like sailing kayaking all that i want to be able to talk about like i talk about the theme parks and the food reviews and that's how lupo outdoors was born and it's grown rapidly, very, very quickly in a very short period of time. Um, I started the channel in February and I'm at about uh, 345 uh, subscribers. See, and that, that, that growth took me, I think that took me about a year because I didn't have any previous knowledge beforehand. There's a lot of stuff that I did wrong when I set my channel up. I, I didn't know. Oh, me too. Um, and then, you know, through talking to other YouTubers, I learned tips and tricks and how to do things. Um, and it was great to come into a community. And that's really what it is. Regardless of whether you're a shooter or a YouTuber, there's a community for you. Now, if you're, ever, if you're a shooter, a YouTube shooter or a PewTuber, there's an even <laughs> tighter community, right? That, yeah. we talk, that we talk about. And that's where it was kind of nice to, 
to actually talk to people. And it's like, if, if you're looking at doing this, realize that you're not alone. You're not reinventing the wheel. There are certain things to do. You know, what took you a few months took me a year to do. And even now I'm still undoing stuff that I did wrong from, oh gosh, almost six years ago on the channel. But yeah, it's it's and it's one so of those things. So that's kind of a key factor. Uh, so let's talk about mistakes. A lot of the mistakes people make when they start up a new YouTube channel is one they think they're going to get rich quick. Aside from that, they buy the wrong equipment. So your yeah. equipment, um, people will spend thousands and thousands of dollars on equipment that they will never ever used um i started I the orlando wizard in, in the closet yeah i got a bunch of that in the closet yeah stuff that i may have used once and i went oh this is just not going to work so my first camera was um a, a gopro and um the gopro that i get, so the first few videos were kind of shaky so i i got a, a gopro hero 7 um and the hero 7 had really good stabilization now here's the kicker with that is i have a tripod a little bipod or you know like a, a monopod that feet come out on the bottom and the monopod itself is actually a battery so i can keep the gopro charged now the new gopro you can actually see your face on the front of it so as you're talking to it you can actually frame yourself appropriately but the GoPro itself will film in 4K and the, the, the quality is really, really good. And it's a very, very inexpensive way to get in to, um, into vlogging. Um, you get the, so it's waterproof. It goes everywhere. It's small and easy that, you know, to take with you. It doesn't like one of my YouTube buddies um, uses a Canon uh, 80D. I have a Canon ADD. I never take it out of the house. It weighs a freaking ton. And then to walk around an amusement park or walk around someplace. Now, does it do great for everything? Yes, it does. Low light. It's amazing. It has a very low lux. So I can actually film like I could take that into the haunted mansion and see everything crystal clear. And even in the darkest of rooms. Um, but it's too cumbersome. But my GoPro, which completely sucks at dark <laughs> for normal daytime filming and for studio filming, um, meets all your needs. See, uh, and that's where, that's where I differ. Yeah. I, I started my channel on cell phones, right? Yep. So you're still on cell phones. Uh, still on cell phones. I'm even talking through a cell phone right now on the podcast. Um, and I, the cell phones work great and gosh the way the cell phones start uh, have become um i started myself uh, my uh, it's looking on the shelf over there uh on an iphone 5. that was back when i was a um uh, ffl i actually traded a firearm transfer for that iphone 5. and that's how i started my channel was on cell phones and then i just slowly collected more and more cell phones um and cell phones are great they're really great to use they're, they're getting better um, but they have their limitations. They, they, they do have a lot of limitations. 
I mean, yeah, I could take I could take my Samsung and drop it in water, and you know, what's it? It goes down three feet for thirty minutes, but um, I'm not going to take this out like on a kayak, right? And film on a kayak. I'm not going to be anywhere near water. On land, it's great. It's with me. But that's where you need to kind of look at what you're doing. Grab the appropriate equipment. Don't spend a fortune at first, right? Um, you look around at what you have and reuse it. Um, you know, right now, the stu like the studio lights here. These got these lights here. I got from um, Costco. <laughs> They're LED, you know, uh, lights that are for workshop. And I'm using the lights off my ceiling fan right in front of me. Um, I I used to have really nice lighting and you know I had a really nice lighting setup and then and then I went to LED lights and that was really great and then when I finally built out this thing I go I don't need any of that crap find what you have to, that works for you I know people who use like those um, those clamp lights for like you know you put a heat lamp in it for chickens they have that clamped above their work you know above their work sur work surface have a nice bright bulb in it works great um so yeah definitely don't spend a lot of money look at what you have and then like what i love a canon totally love it but what i want to take a canon out to the range when i'm shooting a gun and uh i'm shooting on steel and i could get fragments coming back no I, I i'm more than happy to use an old cell phone that's going to cost me about maybe a hundred mm -hmm. bucks to replace well and that's why i i jumped on the gopros is um the cool thing with the gopro is if you sign up uh for the uh they have like a yearly subscription thing right and it's not horribly expensive but it includes a no questions asked uh warranty repair or replacement of your gear so if you take your your gopro and you damage it and those things are built pretty damn tough you can send it back and get a brand new one well, that's the thing is GoPro knows that you're going to, you bought a GoPro to beat the crap out of it, right? Exactly. I mean, you're going to take it out skiing. You're going to take it out boating. You're going to take it out, whatever you're going to do outdoors, you're going to take GoPro and beat mm -hmm. the ever-loving crap out of it. Now, they have this like bright orange foam uh, case that you put your GoPro on and then it clamps down to your thing. So if you drop it in the water, it'll flow right there at the surface. You know, that's nice. So what what I did is I have like a, a standard plastic one that's kind of heavy, uh, not the battery one, and I used it. And I wonder, I was like, I wonder if I could just set it in the water because it has this like, it's it's like um, uh, the material they use for life preservers, you know, life vests. Yep. And I set it in the water and it kept it right at water level, and then I just kind of swam towards it. And I was like. Oh, that worked out See, just fine. And that's and that's the funny thing is, is that you know you'll hear people talk about. I mean, I watch the YouTube channels. I always, you know, there there are some people that I watch that talk about filming techniques and stuff like that. That um, I learn things about, and that's the thing is, like, you don't want a boring video. No. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is, no one's going to watch a boring video. So you think of little tricks like that. That it, you know, for an outdoor channel, a GoPro floating out there while you're swimming up to it, or you're going to kayak past it because you're going to do some type of motion where you're going to, you know, you don't really want to 
go to it unless you're, you know, generally you want to pass it. There, there's other things you want to do. So you just got to kind of think of out, out of the boxes, what would be really cool to do? Yeah. And that is absolutely amazing that you can float one of those things out there and then do um, some outdoor videos with it. Some other definite tricks. So I started with one GoPro and then I, I bought a, a vlogging camera specifically that had a combination of low light with uh, small and light. It was a, uh, another Canon, you know, like a quick shot and it allowed the, the screen to flip up so I could actually see myself. See what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Loved it. Works really, really well. Um, I, I just wish it had the capability of, uh, well, it does. I can, I can lock the screen so I can't, it's a touch screen, so I can turn off the touch screen so I don't change my settings, which will screw everything up. Um, but uh, one of the keys to a successful video is uh, cuts, cutaways. So, um, and Jason and I have talked about this. There's a reason why Jason has multiple you know, cell phones filming simultaneously. Uh, because most software, editing softwares, will allow you to bring in three to four uh, films and it'll automatically sync the vocals through all of them. Yep. And then while you're uh, editing the video, you can choose your camera angles. So the, with the rule of thumb is uh, every shot should be less than 10 seconds. So yeah, I usually it's, stay it's around 10 eight. seconds, it's 10 <laughs> seconds, it's 10 seconds, it's 10 seconds on the product, 10 seconds back to your vo uh, video. And when it's all synchronized, um, watch any commercial, any TV program, uh, any anything live, right? Except for like news where they have one camera. Um, but in the newsroom, watch anything you see and count. You go one, 1,000, two, 1,000. And within within ten seconds, it's a changed camera okay. angle. Yeah, they they've changed the camera angle. And, and let's face it, you know the content the content that gets me the most amount of views is disassembly and reassembly, right? So you know my channel was originally a gunsmithing channel. Um, it's what I want to go, but I had to play. You got to play some politics with YouTube, especially with guns. Um, and one of the things I learned really kind of within the last couple of years was multi-cam or, you know, I mean, I've always had still images I put in there, but I learned multi-camera and I learned about the, the whole philosophy of changing your camera angles because people have that short of an attention span. And we're talking about, you know, you've got it. No one watches a boring video. Trust me. It doesn't get much more boring than watching some guy take a gun apart. I mean, if you're watching that video, you're not watching it for entertainment value. You're watching it for educational value. Education videos are generally boring unless you're watching Schoolhouse Rock, which is, you know, hey, kind of cool. Um, I'm starting to date myself. <laughs> I love Schoolhouse Rock. I, I know. I love Schoolhouse Rock, too. Um, but that was that's the thing is, you know, I use multi-camera. I mean, uh, right here is one mount right there. From where from filming, there's usually one right here and uh, one still set up here from filming. That one, I got stuff all over the place. But anyways, um, that's what you do is you got changing that camera angle keeps people's attention, right? So that way, it's like, uh, oh, hey, something suddenly something changed on the screen. Let me go check that out. Um, so those are things that you you think of. Um, you know, I, I am now filming, like, in the studio here, I can film up to six camera angles. 
now. That's amazing. Um, takes a lot of horsepower on a computer to do. Oh, um, let's talk a little bit about editing software because your yeah. software allows you to do six. Mine allows me to do four. Mine allows me to go up to 12. Mine allows me to go four. <laughs> so, I mean, so that's the, if you're going to start up a YouTube channel, um, you're editing. So there's inexpensive editing and there's like free editing software. Um, and then there's like, I have to make a little bit of an investment. And then there's things like Vegas Pro, which is well over a thousand dollars, which is like studio quality, Hollywood quality editing software. So um, I use uh, a specific editing. It's, um, oh heck, where there's the name of my product. It's, um, and, and I was just thinking about it and it left my brain. Of course. It's, um, Oh my goodness gracious! Well, while he's thinking about that, uh, <laughs> when, when I started when I started my channel, I I, I run Max. Uh, I use the free iMovie. Um, iMovie yeah. is actually a pretty amazing video editor. It really it does multi camera, but it, you need to manually sync and you got to do manual cuts and all kinds of stuff. It became a little um, unwieldy for me, right? I actually kind of outgrew my editor. Uh, from there, I went to Final Cut Pro, which used to be $1,000. I think it's now like $300 for Final Cut Pro. Yeah. The problem with that is, is you need to be a Mac user to do that stuff. Um, you know, I know some people that use uh, DaVinci, uh, DaVinci Resolve. Uh, there's a free version and a paid version of DaVinci Resolve. Uh, yep. They use that, and you can, you, you can be a Mac, Windows. I think they, they might even have a Linux. I'm not sure about that. Um, but there are plenty of editors out there, um, to learn. You generally, when you learn, and what we're talking about is called nonlinear editing. Once you learn nonlinear editing on one platform, it's not hard to transfer the skills over to another platform later. Ah, I found it. It's, um, it's Cyberlink is the software that I use. Power Director. Power Director. So, I know a lot of people use Power Director. It so here's why I went Power Director. I mean, you can get Adobe software if you want to pay hundreds or thousands of dollars and and then like keep paying for it every like year. Thirty five dollars a month for Adobe. Some Premier. ridiculous amount like that. Yes. So Power Director, uh, they have a three sixty five version, right? Which is much more powerful. But you can also get the standalone uh, version. I think I, I'm using um, version 21, which is just fine. And it was like a one-time fee of like, um, I got the director suite and I got it for like $120, which it means it does photos, uh, it does audio, so it, it can help uh, fix the audio, which I use a lot if I have a microphone screw up. Well, so, especially at your last, at the last, because for everybody, Lupo just moved. At his last place, he had this oh. refrigerator. <laughs> it used to drive me nuts. It created this horrible humming and background sound. And, um, and, and his power director's audio thing would take it out, completely take yeah. it out. And it was just, you know, click a button here, run it through the filter, and all of a sudden it's just me. And it, it was 
Fantastic. So, I mean, I recommend PowerDirector because, so for two reasons. Um, if you already know editing software, there's stick with what you know. I'll tell you right now, just blow the learning curve. But with, um, I didn't really have uh, a background in, in software, you know, yeah. in uh, video editing. Neither did I. And I yeah. went with PowerDirector because on YouTube, they have the PowerDirector University, and it's this guy, and you can look up anything you would possibly want to do. It's like, how do I do XYZ in PowerDirector? And then, boom, here's a nice, short, quick, easy-to-use video tells you exactly how to do it. So, like, Jason was like, oh, we need to get you on multicam. And I'm like, um, well, I know, I'm pretty sure my, you know, PowerDirector, yeah, it sure does. I'm like, I'm not sure how to do that. Within five minutes, I was doing it because it it's not a I whole hooked, series I of got, I got him hooked on multi-camera. He, yeah, he, he only did. did one camera. I got him hooked on multi-camera. It, it, it makes life far more entertaining. Um, but once again, with the Power Director University on YouTube, the problem I have with YouTube is if you're looking how to do something with a specific software, you'll have about a dozen guys and they're all going to teach you a little differently. So if you have a specific guy who works for the company who does all the videos right on how to do it, you will learn consistently and not have to rewatch videos over and over again or look for other people who explain it easier. This guy very clear uh, very clear and to the point so one of the things i love about your videos jason's is if i want to see an assembly or a disassembly of something um you are one of the absolute best i see on youtube for your assembling and disassembly Thanks. of any parts on a firearm it is crystal clear the parts are in focus they are close up your voice is very crystal clear your you know how you uh you, your your vocals are spot on so to learn if i'm going to learn on a disassembly or reassembly i always check you first to see if you have it and if you don't um i curse and and cuss and 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 then yell at <laughs> and you me, through the monitor and tell me i need to go buy that gun and create a video and, so and fix it work. well because everybody <laughs> else sucks at it Everybody is like the you want to use that part there and it's out of focus. Or the best I see is the cameras way over there in bum Egypt, and they're over uh, here and it's like, well, you want to hit this screw right here. What freaking screw? What I can't see it. it. You're like ten feet away from the camera. What the hell? And, so and your hand, Jason's and your got it down to way. a science. Huh? Well, and, and their hand is in the way, right? Oh god, yeah. Or the lighting is so bad. I mean, and that's the thing. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up because really, you know, YouTube is crowded. There's a lot of people on YouTube. Even in the gun, you know, community, there's a lot of people on YouTube. You want to figure out what makes you different, right? Um, what I did, my, the whole foundation of my channel was is because I was pissed off at people who suck at showing disassembly and reassembly. Oh right? yeah. It's like, there's gotta be a better way of doing this. And, and, you know, I, I was the first one to start putting still pictures in, into, into those videos. And, um, uh, after my first or second, uh, video, 
uh, I have a blue background on my on my bench here. So that way you have contrast that the camera can pick things up clearly. Um, that was actually a comment in one of my videos. One of the one of the viewers like, hey, this is great, but you ever think about doing a blue background so that way everything I'm like, well, well, damn, I never thought about that. I mean, you learn things, but that was the basis of my channel was is I'm sick of, of people doing bad content. I'm going to figure out how to fix this. And then, of course, yep. policy changes on YouTube and stuff like that. And there, you have to do what you got to do to survive. People using a black firearm on a black mat. I'm like, right? yeah, I'm like, so you want to grab that part right there? What part? Oh, yeah. something's actually there. It's like, yeah, no, it, you do a great job. Uh, so one of the things, you know, we should probably talk about when you're creating the, the, your YouTube channel, um, you need to understand what your niche is, right? Um, Jason focused on one. Right. So analyze uh, before you create the name and, and jump on, you know, jump on the bandwagon. Um, research the most popular channels out there and understand what makes them successful. Now, I'm not saying duplicate them. Do not duplicate them. You need to have your own niche, right? But you can learn from like, um, uh, what's, what's the guy's name? The Slav? Um, uh, Slav Guns. Slav Guns. Um, so I watch him a lot for reviews. And the yes. reason why I watch him I for too. reviews is he is methodical about his reviews. He yes. starts off with the pros and cons, and then he goes into the details, and he goes into an explanation. Every moment you see on there is of importance. And when he gives you a review, you completely understand why he gave that review. And he's, and, and so a lot of reviewers will always give, absolute, this is the best thing since I spread. Well, because they gave it to you. Slav okay. Guns is like, you know, it's not quite there yet. And these are the reason why. So for reviews, he's one of the first people I go to. So yeah. understand what he's you really enjoy good. to do. So like I went outdoors because I love to fish. Um, I like shooting. I like uh, archery. I like kayaking. I like sailing. And I wanted to be able to talk about it all. And and if if YouTube was really pressing down on firearms, I had all that other to go, you know, to fall back see, on. And, that, and that's the thing is I don't. That was one of the problems. That's one of the problems I had. Now I've survived a lot better than some other channels. It's because I pivoted. Like it's like, okay, YouTube does not like this type of content that I do. I'm gonna do some other stuff and then I'm gonna kinda of, it's there's a reason why there's not that much disassembly and reassembly content on my channel is because I would lose the channel if, if I kept on doing that all the time. So people don't realize that like for every like one disassembly and reassembly video I do, I've got to do like, like six months of product reviews to water the channel down so that YouTube kind of, Oh, okay. He's not. Okay. He's kind of okay with, you know, we'll let them stay. So there's things I got to do to get the content out. Now, I don't do disassembly, reassembly videos anymore. I do deep cleaning 
and everybody everybody in the audio side that didn't see the air quotes there. Um, but you have to understand what you can and cannot do on the platforms you're on. Disassembly and reassembly for firearms cleaning and maintenance is specifically allowed. So that's why my videos are now deep cleaning, right? We're going to deep clean this gun. So um, basically read between the lines. Um, yeah. You, you, you got you to gotta do some stuff. Like yeah, every once in a while, I'll, oh yeah, there's some dirt here and I'll clean it up. And you know, in the middle, I'll pull a, a rod out and run a patch through a barrel and stuff like that. That's to stay within policies. <laughs> um, that, so that way I can continue to deliver that content. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. Under, understand your environment is huge. Not only just the people who are watching your videos, the people who would want to watch your videos, but also the platform you're on is pretty big. Now, um, I want to go back to monetization here. Okay. Yeah, I was just about to say. Let's talk about monetization. So monetization is what everybody really wants to know about. Um, no, you are not going to get rich off of this just face it you're, you're not mr beast um it, it, it's just i i hate to say what, what, what there's a song by shine down it's like you're just not that interesting um yeah. so it, those are the things are you're gonna you're gonna get a following they're gonna pick up on you they're gonna they're gonna do some some things eventually you're gonna get enough watch time um depending on when you're watching this youtube policies may or may not have changed um was it 4,000 watch hours and a thousand subscribers to your channel? Yep. Um, people don't realize that when people watching YouTube don't realize how important the subscription is to a channel. Subscriptions are huge to a channel for monetization. Mm -hmm. um, and then what happens is then you go, cool, I got monetized. Well, YouTube takes a cut of all that stuff and then they decide if they're going to put you know, advertisements on, you need lots of views. Um, you need lots of views. I have one video that suddenly took off. Um, it's been out there for years. It doubled in views. I think it's like 176,000 views now on this video now. Um, in the last 28 days, it made me like $96. If I click over to Lifetime, it's made me like $99. And it's been out there for like five years. <laughs> so with my channel, The Orlando Wizard, um, I was at 600 subscribers. And then I created a video called, which should you pick, a BB-8 or an R2 unit over in BA-2. It's basically where you can build your own droid, you know? And so, but for the first month, it just, it was average. I got, you know, probably, you know, uh, around a thousand, two thousand views. And then one night I woke up and it exploded. It went completely viral. And um, it's funny, I had within two weeks, it had over a hundred thousand views. Now, I'm sitting there going, that's crazy. And it went, I went from 600 subscribers to 1,100 subscribers. Now, so you got you to think about this. I got monetized because I had the view hours. But think about this. If everyone who watched the video and it had 
I mean, like 30, 40,000 thumbs ups that liked it. If they had subscribed to my channel, I would be massive right now. Yeah. But that's the thing is you may get 100,000 views on the video, but you only might get 300 subscribers oh. after 100,000 yeah. views. And, yeah. and, and that frustrates a little crap out of me. I was like, we were there. <laughs> like, what the hell? You're just, you, you're just there, but just not quite. Yeah, so um, I mean, I got monetized, but so here's here's the money that people have to think about. Okay, so like, well, I'll I'll just start making money. I'm like, for every one hundred thousand views you have, not on a specific video, but overall of all your videos, which is why it's important to produce a lot of content. For every hundred thousand views, you make one hundred dollars. Yeah. To get a thousand dollars, you have to have a million views yes to get a thousand dollars and and that's if you create content that is allowed to be monetized so for instance my disassembly reassembly videos uh my older ones my newer ones are monetized because they're deep cleaning videos the older ones the context was for disassembly and reassembly so basically they flagged me as a gun builder every you know i have I have a I have a video I think it's got like 125,000 views that has that is under limited monetization which means they're not going to serve a lot of ads to it. That video has been out there with over 100,000 views. Uh, last time mm. I checked was about a month ago. I think it made me 6 cents. Oh jeez. pennies. On on a video that I have between filming and editing and everything, I have probably about 30 hours into that video. So, and I made six cents off of it. So realize that you've got to understand the monetization. Um, and I'm going to make myself sad because I'm going to actually do the math. Um, so if we take, there's six, divide that by, and we'll just say 30 hours. 0.002 cents an hour I made on that video. I mean, realize that when you when you start doing this stuff, you're putting a lot of time, especially in the beginning when you're learning. But you're putting a lot of time into this stuff for very little reward. And YouTube makes it purposely hard to, to really make it because they want to make sure that the people that are there are truly there, right? They're there to be there. Um, and it takes it takes a while, and you're going to see these little hills where all of a sudden you're going to, you're going to like take off, and then it just like levels off again. It's it's almost like they put the brakes on your channel. It, it's it, it happens. Um, it really does happen. Yep. So and, and now for you, for Orlando Wizard, yeah. you, you know you you had that one video that went viral. Um, but that gave you your watch hours, but didn't give you the subscribers. How long after that before you got the subscribers? Well, no, I, I it pushed me over a thousand subscribers, but I was at six hundred okay. subscribers at the time. So, like, I I I'm monetized. I, I was monitor. I was monetized within a week, uh, almost two weeks after um, I initially. Um, 
that channel, uh, that video went viral. Um, here's the other thing that people don't know. Um, hold on a second. I'm trying to look. So that video I was talking about, um, I put that video up three years ago. It now has 249,905 views. I have 2,180 subscribers out of a video that has almost 250,000 views. So, how many subscribers? Um, since you're in your analytics, how many subscribers did you get off that video? Uh, that's a really good question. I'm not sure. I I can check it out. Right, I'm pulling I'm pulling my analytics up too to show to to tell you where that's at. Um, but yeah, I mean, this stuff takes a lot of time. Uh, see, so I went to the video with the analytics. Yeah, if I just if I get, click on into the video and then go to the analytics on the left hand side, it'll say views and subscribers. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm looking for right now. I mean, to give you guys an idea, I did a YouTube shorts, um, earlier this week. It was me shooting a, a pistol and a red dot. Um, it got, uh, 3,600, about 3,600 views. I picked up 10 subscribers from that and I made a full 37 cents off of that video. Um, but yeah, guys, don't go so into this. If, you, if you're going to start up a channel, you need to understand this. This is out of love. You yeah. know, you're yeah. you're not you're not starting up a channel because you're going to get rich. You know, um, I have received a total of 803 subscribers from that one video. Of 250, At, about 250,000 views. I've gotten. 803. So people go, well, I'll just create a viral video. So I was helping someone create a YouTube channel and they're like, yeah, well, I'm just going to put this up and then I'm going to go viral. And I'm like, yeah. no, you're not. It, you, but even, even if for some reason you, can, you luck out and do, it, yeah. But let's just say, let's just say, even if you do, let's just say that one video goes viral, right? Well, you, you almost, especially if it's your first video, you almost screw yourself in a sense because everybody's expecting the exact same thing next time. Um, yeah. And, and you can't be on your game every single time, especially being a new YouTuber. So, and realize we're not trying to talk you out of it. We're actually kind of no, trying to talk do you it. into being. It's just, yeah, you just don't have go in with like, yeah, yeah. Never, take take off the rose-colored shades and and yeah. and open your eyes. Um, it's work. It's absolutely work. So on this on Loop Outdoors, I haven't posted anything in over two weeks because I've been in the middle of a move, and and I'm suffering from it. My channel's suffering from it right now because um, I'm gaining subscribers bit by bit, but nowhere. I was averaging sometimes two to three subscribers a day, and then. Now I'm averaging maybe one or two a week um, because I'm not posting anything except for our podcast that we do on on Friday, Friday. afternoon. Well, but and for everybody, we're actually filming this on Friday. Um, we're going to be getting off of this, and then you're going to see us on uh, on the on the live show. Um, but yeah, it's it, I mean, realize that this is some work. We got we put some work into it, 
you're going to be putting money into it. You're going to be putting work into it. You're going to get very little reward out of it. This is luck. We're doing this out of love. I mean, it, it, it's, it, I, I love firearms. I've been shooting since I was real young. I want to share knowledge. Lupo definitely wants to share knowledge. Um, you, you heard him say that from the beginning of this, of this show. It's be realistic with your expectations of this. Totally do it. Totally expect your first video to be cringeworthy. My first video, what's sad was, was a good video in concept. It was a terrible video in execution. Um, I cringe at that video when I see it. It's still out there. Um, I love it because it was my first video. That was a huge step forward. Um, tons of time into that video and all that. But um, it, it took me a while it took me, what, what, like a year and a half to two years before you actually saw my face on a, on a camera. Um, it took me a while. All you saw was my hands and a gun. <laughs> um, that's just that's just the way it was. I was not comfortable. What's so weird is that I could get on, on stage at a national conference and give a speech in front of a bunch of people. But that camera was almost like a shotgun pointing at my head. I was so nervous that just get used to it. I mean, it takes time. It takes time to build your camera presence. Um, do it because you love to do it. Don't, don't, don't be afraid. Look, people are going to hate on your channel. They, I get hate all the time on oh, some of my videos. Yeah, whatever, man. Don't. Well, uh, don't he, here's, a, here's another key factor. Um, be you. Don't try to be yes. anybody else, but be you. Like, yep. um, like when I joke when I'm filming, that's just me. And then I get comments going, oh, my God, that was so funny. I sat here and laughed for 20 minutes, you know. And it's just me cracking a joke. Like, you know, um, I did a – I was reviewing something. And I'm like, oh, the instruction's great. And threw it over my shoulder. And I'm like – and then I sit there and I'm trying to do something. I'm like, well, gee, Rob, if you had read the instructions, you know, you get this kind of <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm not going to read the instructions at all. Yeah. You know, and it's just – I'm a, it's just, I'm a guy. I'm, yeah. I'm a guy, and I'm using my guy card. We don't read instructions. I don't, and then and then I'm sitting here like looking through instructions, like, <laughs> um, it's I, uh, yeah. I so a, a, I'm gonna let people know a secret. Um, I don't do things blindly now. So when I get something, so this is this is my little secret on um how I do a, a video. Um, I just got a Timmy trigger and um uh a uh um what the hell kind of stock did i get jason you know oh magpul so i got a magpul and uh a timney trigger for my rpr and what i've done without filming it is um remove the old trigger put the new excuse me the new trigger in and uh install the uh magpul buttstock and then I'm going to uninstall it, put all the original gear back, and then I'm going to film it and show how to do it without screwing up in front of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the trigger, so I really want to do the trigger one because every video I saw sucked on how to do the trigger. And I had to watch how, how somebody did the trigger on a totally different gun. And he goes, yeah, the easiest way to do is this drop in the spring, drop this, boom, boom. And I was like, that's so much easier than even Timney was showing on their videos. And the Timney yeah. trigger video, how to install, 
sucked. There was no close-ups. It was like, oh, yeah, you want to uh, do this and you want to press that button right there. I'm like, can't see it. So, yeah, I'm going to be creating that video fairly soon here. But um, if you're not sure if you're going to show on how to and you're not sure because it's your first time doing it, do it before you film, then undo it, and then film you doing it so there's nothing worse than watching this and like, oh wait, this doesn't work. Let me figure out how to do I saw, this. I saw I saw a comment on a how-to video um, just a few months ago. And the comment was is, was nothing like watching a how-to video when the guy's learning how to do it right in front of it. Set it, it you know, publishing that he's basically an expert at it. Um, yeah, definitely know, know what you're talking about before you do it. Yeah, and honestly, if, you, if you're filming it and something screws up, don't put that in the video. No. Show the success in the video, not, all right, we're going to have to end this video, and I'll get back to you next week, and I'll figure this out. Well, yeah. I don't care now, because now I'm going to yeah. go find somebody who actually does it right, and you've wasted my time. Yeah, totally. Um, now, we're we're running up against the end here. We're at about fifty seven minutes, um, so I want to start wrapping up a little bit. But you know, like we said earlier, we're not trying to talk you out of this. We're trying no, to do it. tell you to do it, but have some realistic expectations. This is not yeah. something that you're going to grow overnight. I can't um, even begin to tell you how much fun it is to to do YouTube fun. videos. Oh my god, it's a blast! And then, like, if I go to the parks. As you know, and and people are like, "Hey, aren't you the Orlando Wizard, dude? You have no idea how that feels." I was, I was like, "I watch you all the time. I love your videos." And I'm like, I, I awesome. was at a gun range. I was at a gun range one time, and I got, "Hey, that's the Rogue Banshee." And I'm just like, it was so funny. I was filming at the time, right? Um, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> it's just like, "Oh, okay. Hey, hi." And then let me get back to my video. Um, but yeah, no, it is a lot of fun. Uh, definitely, definitely go do it. Now, Lupo, how can people find you? Because, um, you know, we, you've got two channels. So yes, yes. So I have The Orlando Wizard. Um, if you want to know anything about the theme parks or uh, all the fun things and amazing things to do in Orlando, Florida, very uh, still very active on that channel. And my outdoor channels with has um, product reviews, uh, gun reviews, and you know how to you know fishing, tons of shorts, everything. That is Lupo Outdoors on YouTube as well. And both channels also have a Facebook page. So if you want to reach out to me directly, you can go to Facebook and look up the Orlando Wizard or Lupo Outdoors. Message me, and I always respond. And for everybody either watching or listening, um, especially for those of you listening, if you're driving in a car, don't try to write this stuff down. We'll have the links down below. Now, Lupo, you know I like to stop on a uh, on a speed round. So um, I've got a very special speed round for you. Row, row. So 300 win mag or 6.5 Creedmoor. Oh, I hate you so much. I know. Well, you see, I did say six five Creedmoor, not six five PRC. I could have been really. I know. I know. I could have been really bad there. Um. 
I love the 300 win Meg. But to be honest with you, after um, I now have several firearms in 6.5 Creedmoor, and I think 6.5 Creedmoor is my absolute favorite round right now. Um, I love that it right is now. <laughs> right He's reserving now. his right to change his mind later. Later on, um, I really absolutely love the 6.5 Creedmoor. It has less than uh, less of a kick than a 308. Um, it shoots extremely flat. I can easily shoot over a thousand yards all day long, and I can use it for uh, uh, mid to light game hunting if I needed to. So you know, from deer down to hogs down to whatever. Um, it's just a very versatile, very easy to find round. Okay. All right. So. For pistols, revolver or semi-automatic? Semi-automatic all day long. Okay. Now, I know the answer to this one, but I'm going to ask it anyways because uh, hearing protection is a pretty important thing for me. Muffs or plugs? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, so um, both... Uh, um, Jason and I have um, electronic earplugs ear um, from ESP ears. Um, love them. And they're the only thing I would ever use for any type of shotgun work. Or if I was going to be out hunting, I would absolutely use them because they amplify the sound. So if you want to yes. hear leaves rustling in the distance and the high-end ones like he and I have um, actually a blackout wind noise, so you yes. hear everything. But at the shooting range, like pistol shooting range, um, or if I'm in a rifle shooting range where I have, I'm in a like a cubicle area, um, earmuffs 100% because yeah. the concussion really, really hurts you. So um, I love my ear, my electronic ear earplugs, but it depends on what you're doing because yes. um, that's all. That yeah. That is that, that's so true because I love I love it's so funny I hated plugs like almost my entire shooting career yeah I always too. wanted muffs and then um, as I got older let's let's face it plugs got a lot better right especially those ESPs well the ESPs um, they take a mold of your inner ear they're not yeah. just like foam it perfectly fits fit. each canal and you're the only yeah, ones who can wear them. It's basically a corkscrew. You just basically kind of just put it in, screw it, and it's just done, and it stays there. But yeah, it's awesome. it's I'm I'm definitely a um, I'm definitely a, a depends person. Um, you know. Uh, well, you're older depends. now. Uh, exactly. I, I was trying to <laughs> I was trying to come up with a like the competitor to depends, and I couldn't come up with it the better. Um, so it, it it just depends on your situation. Um, sometimes sometimes both depending on where you're at. Yeah, so uh, if I'm at the rifle indoor rifle range where we're in our cubicles and everybody's using muzzle brakes, I'll put my ESP ears and then I'll put an electronic um, earmuffs over them. Um, yeah. And so that way I can hear very clearly everybody around me, but I'm double protected from the concussion of the muzzle brakes and the, and the confines. So, I'm trying to think here. How about prone shooting prone or shooting from sticks 
or, or a tripod. So I'm unique. Normally you would want the most solid way to shoot and that would be prone. Prone gives you the most contact uh, to be solid, but not for me. Um, I had a car accident and I've had two of the vertebrae on my neck fused. So sitting, uh, shooting prone, flat down, so painful and uncomfortable for me. Um, I really have to do bench rest or, or sticks or, or, or bipod or, or tripod. Um, and then there's ways of me to adjust my body and put stuff underneath my chest to bring it up and bring the rifle up a little bit higher to do prone. <clears throat> but when I was doing that, when I did that 1,218 yard uh, hit, I was, I was prone. But they put me in the back of the trailer, so I was off the ground and a little bit higher up, yeah, yeah. so I could adjust myself. Um, and it was still very uncomfortable because, you know, I don't have, I have great flexibility in the neck, but I've lost flexibility in the neck by having two of my yeah. vertebrae completely fused together. And so, uh, so unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> now that I actually want to shoot prone, I can't. That's damn sucks. it. That totally sucks. So, for the last question, I'm going to take you to the world's largest warehouse. And inside of that warehouse is one of anything that has ever thrown a projectile. It could be anything from Dennis the Menace's slingshot all the way up to, I don't know, let's just say, uh, let's say one of the German rail guns from World War II. If it has ever thrown a projectile, it's in here. And it's already been cleared by every possible government agency in the world that you could have whatever you want. What are you walking off with? Wow. I was not anticipating this question. Um, normally when he asked me, you know, if I could pick any rifle, I get a Benelli Lupo because I absolutely love that rifle. And it's named after me. They don't know it yet, right. but it is named. They'll know it. They're going to find out at Shot Show. Yeah, up. damn right They're they are. The rifle after him. Um, you know, I'd have to go for a um, a competition level uh, um, Barrett's fifty BMG. But <laughs> you, you you you're hooked on that gun. So for, for I shot one for the audience, first time. There, there, there's a backstory to this thing. Um, uh, so yes, he, he, he got to shoot, shoot his Barrett for the first time, and he's, he's hooked. He's hooked on the 50 BMG. Um, you want to talk about fun? About that kind of, well, yeah, and and honestly, I would want it set up with um, a long range, you know, extreme long range competition scope, and it's itself designed specifically for extreme long range because I want to shoot two miles. That is my yeah. goal right now is to shoot and hit the target at two miles. This will happen. And this I will, will film it. <laughs> so if you're not, if you're not part of my loop outdoors, please subscribe to my channel. That's going to happen. I have Lupo so scared to go out with a gun without, without a camera. Now I can't I do it. You, just, you, you have no idea what a camera might pick up. I did oh. it one time, and um, I shot a ZSR ammo through my Savage Axis 2 XP, and it severely jammed the gun, 
and I had to go back later and and to recreate it. it. <laughs> and knowing it was going to jam my gun again, I was like, oh, but I didn't want so to. Didn't... Yeah. So now, now if I'm shooting the cameras there, there's always a camera there just in case because you never know. I mean, my buddy, um, uh, he blew up his gun with his ESR ammo, and we've been, you know, yeah. helping each other out. But um, if you don't know, don't ever buy ZSR ammo. Yes. Lot 15 has blown up. Now we think about 12 different guns, destroyed them, exploded and destroyed. One person was uh, airvacked that we found out uh, to emergency room with severe injuries from his gun blowing up with ZSR ammo. I have lot 16, it completely jams your guns. Lot 12 is completely jamming your guns. So I'm at the point right now that um, just don't buy Turkish ammo at all, yeah. period. Not just the ESR, yeah. any Turkish ammo. People are like, oh, I've been shooting this for a year, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, until. Don't buy Turkish ammo. They've, they've yeah. you know, it's super cheap, which is why I bought 500 rounds of ZSR. And now I'm looking at 500 rounds that I can't use. So what I ended up doing is I used the primer, the powder, and the bullet, and I put it in to good brass, and it shoots fine. And then I just recycle the other brass. But now I have to go through all that because go. the company I bought it from won't take it back faster. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, Lupo, man, thanks for jumping along with me here. Uh, it's always a pleasure having you on. It's so great that we get to talk every day and, uh, you know, we get to talk on uh, live in front of everybody on Friday. Um, yep. So everybody, make sure you check out um, check out the, uh, the, the Outdoor Adventure Hour it's on both of our channels at the same time. We stream it to both channels. So that way, whether you're a fan of the Rogue Banshee or a fan of Lupo Outdoors, you get both of us at the same time. So it's a twofer. So definitely check yep. that out on Fridays. It is at 5.30 Eastern time, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. So on your ride home, you get to see us kind of just BS uh, and have a good time picking a subject. Oh, we and, have uh, the and, funnest uh, time on that it is yes. we always have a blast and we have actually quite a few uh regulars who join us um who uh you say that you know they, they, get, just, they get very entertained they by us. yeah they do yeah. And they and sometimes they kind of egg us on a little bit and then we get onto some tangents but it's it's always a fun time on that and uh once again lupo thanks for thanks for joining us today hey thanks for the invite it's always a pleasure to be on your show so that was a great time talking to Lupo. He's sitting there down backstage. He's probably making uh, making faces at me and all that stuff because we're doing this uh, podcast a little different this time just because I have Lupo here and I get to play a little bit. So definitely go check out Lupo Outdoors, man. He has got a great channel. His shorts that he's been doing are amazing. You have no idea how many different reticles there are for a, a scope. Uh, and then he's doing these, these shorts that's teaching you about all these reticles for the scopes and man he comes up with stuff that i, I look at and i'm like i had no idea that even existed so go check out lupo outdoors uh he's got some great content he's got some great stuff coming up now that he's getting through the move he's getting the studio set up and uh he's going to be producing some some content again which i really enjoy watching his content and anyway, he's, he's back there making making all kinds of uh so he's stretching right now. I think he's doing this. Now he's doing that. Yeah. So he's he, he's doing his little, he's doing his cardio back there. Um, 
So it's always great having him on. So go check it out. Now, if you're uh, if you're watching this thing, uh, this podcast this far, we really do thank you for for hanging out with us uh, now about uh, an hour and 11 minutes. So for the product of the podcast, it is the AR Builder Board. This thing is pretty cool, especially if you're a new AR builder. This lays out all of your parts so that way they're not rolling around and helps you identify them. You get a card here that basically gives you the layout of an AR, and I just cannot get the glare out of that. But it also walks you through the steps of doing this. So this is almost like a build class in one. So go check out the AR Builder Board. I have a link down below. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, click that video right there. That video is about how to disassemble an AR lower. If you want to see the reassembly, go to Freedom Crew University. Thanks for watching. Hope you're staying safe out there. I look forward to talking to you again soon.